Hi, you guys, and welcome to TrailerCast. I have a super special guest with you, my friend Jessie. And she, I met Jessie about a year ago. She came in the door two weekends with an incredible story. And I am so excited to get to share, have her share with you parts of her story from a motocross mama to a traumatic brain injury to what it looks like to live in total freedom. Without further ado, welcome to Trailer Cast Conversations. I am Elise Snipes, your host, and I am so grateful that you are here. I'm so glad that we're having this conversation today. I'm scared. I've done lots Are of you? podcasts and I've never been scared. And I'm like, great, Elise is making me scared. Oh, tell me about that. Tell me what the scared is. Because I don't know what we're going to talk about. And then I don't know what it'll bring up. So, yeah, that's, you know, I, I feel that way when I go to like my own work too, is like, what if we uncover something I didn't know, like, or was yeah. going to be there or, um, so I think that's, that means that we're like awake is how I feel that like, oh, and if I didn't feel those things, then I'd probably be, might be kind of shut down. Yeah. So. I think it's huge. Like with the whole brain injury thing, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what can come out of it. And maybe mm-hmm. stuff that I'm taking wrong is me wrong. Like there's just so much that it, it could yep. be. Cause I don't feel like I have a total sane mind, like, mm-hmm. or I don't know if it's sane. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but like, I don't have, my mind's all over. (laughs) Yep. I know you have a sane mind because we've spent time together. Okay. Um, But maybe for people that are listening, would it be okay if you talked about your brain injury and what you mean? Yeah, it's just, um, injury now it's been two years saw you when it only been like a year it was yeah for um, my one year that's right on one year anniversary one year mm-hmm. day and so i just i i overthink things now i was never an overthinker before and now i overthink everything and yep. it i know that it can be negative and not be like good things i think about like they it's not Sorry, I'm having trouble speaking. Like, it's not always right what I'm thinking. And so Mm -hmm. then it takes a lot of, like, waiting. Sometimes it takes a couple hours to be like, that was totally wrong what I said, how I Mm -hmm. said it, or how I reacted because I'm very impulsive and react in the moment sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to. It just happens. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so it's hard. The brain injury has been a whole new world. It took... Like everybody says, when you have a brain injury, you're reborn, I guess, or something and completely different. And I wouldn't say that for myself. I'm completely different in that I've completely slowed down. Hmm. Like that's huge. But then Enneagram seven, I think, and I'm going to get, I'm going to do the typing with Aaron to make sure. Love it. Good idea. Cause I see things. I'm like, Oh, I'm a seven. That's why I'm so like, go, go, go have to get things done, have to achieve this, have to achieve that. And then it completely wipes me out. Like I'll go hard for like 
a week or two and then I'll sleep for about two weeks because yeah. it overstimulates my brain and wipes yes. me out. Yes. And so it's a huge learning challenge of figuring out how to balance myself. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do that yet. I haven't mastered it yet. <laughs> yeah, that's massive. I don't, I, you know, I also haven't. <laughs> so let me know what you find out. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, most people have it. And so it's like, and then yeah. now I have this added layer to like the things that used to work don't work for me anymore. That's right. What which is hard. was the initial injury? I know. Oh, but sorry. I probably, <laughs> I had a severe traumatic brain injury and diffuse axonal injury from a motorcycle accident. Mm -hmm. And I was in a coma for like a week and I was in the hospital for uh, three months or no one. Sorry, I have aphasia too. So like two months yeah. I was in yeah. the hospital and yeah. rehab and yeah. I have no memory of the hospital. My first memory is of the rehab. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I had, I had like a broken nose, a broken jaw, a subdural hematoma and subarachnoid hemorrhage and then my carotid artery was ran over so i had stroke-like yeah. symptoms from that so i i can understand stroke people a lot and what yes. they go through because we have a lot of the same deficits mm-hmm mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you have that down you know all those are big words i also understand like I, my brother um had a traumatic brain injury and I've also suffered from paralysis. And so there's, I, I hear what you're saying because of that, the deficits, I still have a lot of deficits on my left side in particular. So it's, um, it's a wild world to be a yeah, part of it's hard. It's hard because I'm from the medical field from before. So mm -hmm. I, I'm used to using medical terms. Yep. And then yep. I forget that they're not, not everybody knows that they're basically my brain bled. But mm -hmm. I got luck and I had a really bad injury to where I should be in a vegetative state, but mm -hmm. I beat the 10% odds. So I'm like, all right, I'm here. And that's a huge part of my problem in life is to think about people like your brother and yep. other people with yep. brain injuries that either don't have life or they can't run or they yep. can't do something. So I don't use the word can't. And sometimes that wears me out because then <laughs> I do too much because I'm like, mm. I'm going to do it because I can and mm. I'm very against like not, I don't believe in being told I can't do something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was told yeah. I can't work and I got a job. Like, <laughs> you're like, watch how me. <laughs> how do you know? How do you know if you don't try? Yeah. But. Yep. Jesse, you're so rad. This is like the, it, what, this is my favorite thing. I'm going to say it real quick is that you, your prompt that you wanted to go with today. Why do I keep kicking my own ass? <laughs> It's like yes. ex exactly where we are, right? Which is this sense of maybe survivor's guilt. But yeah, I, I don't here. know if I have that. Maybe I have that and I don't know I have that. Like I hear it all the time, but I'm like, oh, I don't have survivor's guilt. <laughs> like, no, because I don't think I do. But maybe, yeah. maybe I do. I don't, I don't know. When it, when this kind of stuff comes up, we try it on for size. So it's like, okay, what is survivor's guilt? And does that fit the criteria? Do I, does it feel like that's me or do I have another driving force? And so we, we try things on to see if they fit us and we know it's like, nope, it's not survivor's guilt. I've always have been this way or no, there's a sense of feeling like because other people didn't survive their TBI, I feel like I have to. Yeah. And I'm told that I'm very impulsive before my brain injury. <laughs> I blame it. 
on the Enneagram seven. I'm like, no, I'm a seven. <laughs> it says you're impulsive. I'm like, that's Love it. You. And then my friends are like, you were impulsive before Jesse. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, I don't remember. So. Do you have memory from before your, your accident? So my short term memory, like the year before my accident was pretty much wiped away, okay. which is, it sucks. Cause that, I got married 10 months before my accident. So I don't remember my Mary, my wedding. I don't remember Thailand that I went to, mm-hmm. but I've found lots of strategies to relearn things. So like, that's why I blog now. And I wrote a whole post about my Thailand trip and it took me about two weeks to write because oh it took my gosh, it took research. Like I had to look through all my calendaring, all my journals. I'm lucky I did that before and I had to look at videos and pictures to like re-trigger my mind to be like, oh, but I don't remember it solid at all. But I'm like, oh, I did that. I did that. So, and we had a wedding video, thank God. So I'm like, oh, like that looks great. Yeah. Hey, I'm (laughs) good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't remember. I'm like, it looks really Mm -hmm. fun, but I don't Mm -hmm. remember it per se. Yep. So that's a struggle. And then my long term is very iffy. Tell me your blog name for people who might want to go back and read this and read, learn more. It's Jesse with a Y and then Munch, M U N C H 826.com. Perfect. So the one thing I did is my race number for motocross was my wedding date, which is 826. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I remember my wedding date. Because- <laughs> It's in that. So my email yeah. is Jesse Munch 826. Like, I'm like, that helps. Cause it I know, help. I know my wedding date for one. Like I wouldn't yeah. know it probably, but except for I'm like 826 is in my head. It so. is in your head. <laughs> strategy. There's strategy yeah. there as well. Yeah. I learned a lot of strategies and use a lot of them. Would you give me an example? I guess I was organized before, but I'm very, I'm very organized now. I have like Mm -hmm. a hard copy planner and I have my phone calendar as a planner Mm -hmm. and I use the invite to invite my husband to things. And then I actually put a check by things that are done because if it's not written down, it didn't happen. Like I have Mm -hmm. a whole list for this. I don't, I don't remember things solid enough that I have to have something to reference back to so you work hard every single day oh yeah that's probably partly why i'm always exhausted (laughs) yeah okay yeah so we can acknowledge that what takes less effort or energy for some people takes you a lot more time planning strategy listing gmail invites and things yeah and then if i want to do something that's a whole like when I work, I only work four hours, but Mm -hmm. to get to work is an hour each way on the bus. And so then, which my friend explained to me, she's like, that's stimulation, Jesse, like on the bus, you have all that stimulation. And so I'm like, Oh, it's like a six hour day. No wonder I'm so wiped out. Oh, completely. And then I try to like add tons of days because I'm like, I can do more survivor's guilt. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe you'll try keep trying that on. Before COVID, I worked two days, which usually I only work one a week, and I worked two, and I had three more scheduled. And COVID happened, and it shut down everything, and 
I'm so thankful for it because I was like, there's no way I can work more. Like, yeah. I think I can, but I can't. Mm-hmm. And I was scheduled and I was like, this is not good. Oh, and then the last day I was going to work, I was supposed to fly out to Maine. <laughs> so it was like, so I had to pack it on and then crash later, oh. which I'm very bad about. I'm like, oh, pack yeah. it all in. And then it takes me weeks to recover. Yep. Okay. And this is like, this is true of TBI. This is, tr- it's not um, something you are creating. This is exactly what happens when the brain is jamming and working. So you are experiencing a heavy amount of stimulus where a lot of people uh, without a TBI that they're not aware of it. Their brain is receiving it, but they don't, they're not aware of it. You're aware of everything. Everything is input and it's exhausting. It's and I don't realize sleep a lot. it. Yeah. I don't realize that. Like, I'm like, Oh, so that's why I'm tired. Like reading a Mm -hmm. book is, is a lot because my brain, I guess, is processing it in my eyes. And yes, Yes. I don't realize simple things are like, like really hard compared to, it's not simple anymore. Taking a shower exhausts Mm -hmm. me. I have to take like Mm -hmm. a break for an hour afterwards. Yep. Yep. And I'm like, am I lazy or am I that out of shape? Like what is happening to me? Okay. So what does this, what does your self-talk do during that time? Are you asking yourself questions or are you telling yourself you you are those things? Um, I know I'm not lazy, but I, I sometimes get, I get bad self-talk, but it depends on the time of the month too, but Mm -hmm, I try mm -hmm, not to self-talk because I know it's bad. Like I have positive affirmations right above me because I'm like, I need to see that every day because that's right. I don't want to get in the negative self-talk mindset. Like when I got hurt, the doctors put a lot of my recovery on my health, my wellness, my mindset. Mm. Like I was never awful in the hospital. I, they were like amazed at how good I was, but I think I had that mindset from before because of bad things that happened. I was like, how can I make my life not suck? Like <laughs> find the good. Oh find my the gosh. Good in the day. <laughs> How can I make my life not suck? No, I'm writing this down. Cause I got, I got a DUI a year before my accident. And so then I had to hide that from my work. So I wouldn't get fired and I visited hospitals and I had to ride the bus everywhere. Yeah. And I'm lucky that stuck in my brain. Cause I ride the bus everywhere now, but I started practicing gratitude to like, to find the good in every day. Cause I was like, my life sucks. And I didn't want mm. to say my life sucks, so I had yep. to find the good in every day. And that's big with the brain injury. Like every day I wake up, I put five things of gratitude down, even if it's I woke up today. Yep. Because I'm still here. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. some days there, I don't have a lot of things to be happy about, but mm. I try to find it. Beautiful. Or it's my dogs that are constantly bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> this is. The amount of, you're so equipped, Jesse. You're, you're so equipped to see how your strategies have become the way that you move in this world with what you see and how you experience yourself and others and the posting of affirmations or gratitude, that practice, um, that's remarkable. It's taken almost 40 years. Yeah. Like I'll be 40 this year. And when I had my son in 2005, Mm-hmm. before that I was negative and I was not like this but then yeah. my friend died of an aneurysm and okay. I was like that changed my life and then my son was born super ill 
And it just made me have a different perspective in life. I'm like, like, why did the, instead of asking why it happened, I've learned to try to find the purpose in it all. And then the purpose of my brain injury, I'm like, I understand my son now because he had a, a, he had a Chiari malformation and he had hydrocephalus and he's had brain issues and medical issues and he Mm -hmm. has a lot of speech problems Mm -hmm. and i'm like i get him now because i do things that he does and i'm like oh my god i am my son now (laughs) like i'm doing it i'm doing that i'm doing you yeah (laughs) my husband's always like jackson does that like Uh, jackson your kid because he'll go like this when they're like like, he'll put his hand up to you when he wants you to like stop or slow down and i do that a lot i'm like oh i get my kid finally after 15 years or after 13 years or however old he is when i had this yes like i get it (laughs) you and you get it not as a mother looking at her son but as like from one brain to another brain oh that's what you mean yeah slow down you're giving me too much And even being in the medical field and a health educator that worked with people with brain injuries and low income and health disparities, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I get so much more than I did then. And I'm like, I get people now that I Mm -hmm. wouldn't have, Mm -hmm. that I didn't fully understand before. Totally. Which I'm like, that's great, but it sucks I had to do this to understand, but it's nice that I can understand. Yep. And like health literacy. Oh my God. And like my son's school is very, um, it's non-English, like a lot uh, Spanish speaking. Mm-hmm. And then everything is online for a school and I struggle with it so much. And I'm like, yep. oh my God, I, I understand all the parents that don't have the education I have and the literacy and like, yes. I'm like, yeah, this is insane. Yes, and it like, is. I, like I can barely handle it with a brain injury with college education and with like yeah. fluent health literacy. I'm like <laughs> yeah. these poor people, like yeah. it's hard. It is hard. So it makes me nicer and more understanding for people now. <laughs> <laughs> what what like, is imp- what is important for people to know about somebody with a brain injury? Like what do you want people to know? That they need time and space but they also need like a huge thing in my recovery is nobody has in my like immediate circle of friends or my husband have told me no. Like I get crazy ideas on my one year. I was going to go to Europe. I know, month, really, like, yeah. No big deal. <laughs> and it took me months to figure out not to do that, but they let me figure it out instead of telling me no, because as an adult, mm-hmm you don't want to be told no. So it's Mm -hmm. nice that they let me figure my stuff out. And then of course they do intervene when needed. Like with COVID, we were supposed to go to St. Thomas in March and I was going, no problem. Right. And my best friend is a neuropsychologist and a teach, she works in TBI. And she's like, Jesse, no, do not go. Please do not go. And she texts me and I was like, Okay, Brie told me now I don't listen to anybody. And so, because Brie told me now, I was like, now I'm going to ask my doctor. I asked my doctor. My doctor was like, flat out, no. And so I was like, okay, now I will cancel it because I can't just listen to my poor mom that didn't want me to go. (laughs) I had to listen to like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I I totally get that. I needed the credible like reasoning Mm -hmm. and I got it. And then I was like, okay, and we canceled it. Okay. So. Gosh. And then 
that was a nightmare in itself because with brain injury, I've always bought everything with insurance, like <laughs> so that I could, if I ha- can't go, I can get refunded. And insurance denied me and would not refund me. And we had bought first class tickets to go. So Stop. it was expensive. And that was in March. I just got refunded the other day. Oh, good for but you, it, though. Good for it you. It took me advocating for myself and not taking a no for an answer because they said no just because of COVID. And I'm like, no, this is way beyond COVID. Mm-hmm. Like, I have mm-hmm. a medical condition. And mm-hmm. I kept annoying them and advocating and they refunded me. Thank gosh. It took me advocating for myself. Yeah. That's, um, Jesse, that's, um, to zoom out on that, not a lot of people know what that means or how to do it or think that they're worthy enough to advocate for themselves, whatever, whatever, whatever it is, whether that's an airplane ticket and a refund or their meal comes incorrectly or in a relationship, um, in our society to say, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, no. <laughs> It's huge in life. And I've learned that over the years, you have to speak up and speak for yourself and not, I could be terrified to advocate for myself, but I do it because I'm like, no, this is right. Like I'm going to speak up and it so far has worked out in a variety of situations in our Mm -hmm. life, Mm -hmm. but it's hard to speak up for yourself. I'm learning how. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. What else on the kicking my own ass thing and or I I still want to know about your experience since you came to weekends in California. So wherever you want to go. Um, the kicking my own ass is like the not pacing in the brain injury world. Yeah. It's huge <laughs> and you've got to pace yourself. So I used to have a rule of I'm allowed to do one thing a day. And then I was like, oh, I'm feeling good. So then I'm like, oh, I'm going to do more. And then I go run like a mile and then I <sighs> I, I was doing that like week for five days a week, like, Oh, I'm going to get my 30 minutes of exercise and it would last for three weeks. And then I would crash Yeah, because it like catches up to you. And then I feel lazy or like, if I don't do it, I feel lazy. Yeah. But this is hard. Yes. Yes. And this is a, it's a total reset. So Jesse before brain injury, Jesse after brain injury. And so sometimes we forget that. And it's like, I can do this. I know I can do this. And then it's like, wait, I'm not thinking about that or experiencing that through the lens post brain injury. So I, I think I'm fine until I'm not fine. And then I'm on the couch for three weeks and then I'm really not fine. So you're right the posting of one thing a day or having those some cue right some strategy again of i am not lazy for doing one thing a day in fact i'm successful for doing one thing a day and the one thing a day came up because i don't feel like i help at my house enough now or Mm. i'm like i Mm. i do enough for my husband like i don't feel I contribute enough because I can't Mm. work full time and I can't do anything at home. And so I'm like, that's where the one day thing a day started with him. I was like, I'm going to do one thing a day for my husband because he works full time. I'll unload the dishwasher one day because it makes me feel like I'm helping in the house, contributing, and I'm helping him and not leaving it all to him because with the brain injury he got, 
full-time stepdad. He got full-time take care of his wife and work and just deal with everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. It didn't just affect me. It affected Mm -hmm. everybody. Yes. When we're injured, we're injured in community. And so you're right. There is the rest of the people that have the secondary or vicarious, you know, trauma as well. Yeah. 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 And he's the one that had to not know if his wife because he was going to wake up. So he had to deal with a whole lot more than I did. I mean, I was just asleep. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting from the patient's perspective. You're right. Yeah. We don't, we, but everyone's looking at the patient, the I, the IP, the identified patient, you know, but you're right to be like, you're like, I don't know. I was asleep. I think, I mean, I was whatever my body and brain were in trauma, but I was fine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He had to drive an hour every day to see me and then sleep on a couch or a chair. And then it was just a mess. So Mm. It didn't affect me, it affected him, which then I think gave me back to this like survivor's guilt with him even. Maybe. Where he'll do some really dumb things financially and mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> he deserves it. He went through <laughs> all of this. <laughs> like, no, no joke. Like I went to the beach for my birthday last year for my 39th birthday. And while I was at the beach, he went and traded in our paid off truck that we loved for a M3 because he no. wanted a fast car because he had sold all of his toys and I was like whatever like I couldn't do anything about it he did it but it financially like stressed me out then yeah. and he regrets it now but I think that was part of like that I put him through all this so I need to like just let him do whatever but I remember yeah. I, you didn't put him through anything. So this wasn't a choice. It wasn't like, yeah. you, know, you know what I'm going to do? This is what I'm going to do for you. Right. So, right. <laughs> yeah, so that's true. Yeah. So a terrible accident happened and you both are enduring the trauma of that accident. Yeah. So you haven't put him through anything intentionally. That's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think of, I think that's where the survivor's guilt comes in too, because mm-hmm. I have friends with brain injuries that got it from car wrecks where somebody mm-hmm. hit them yeah. and mine was doing something I loved. So like, mm, I don't feel bad about my accident. Like I was doing what I loved and it did it as safe as possible. Like my helmet saved my life. Yeah. My previous back break wasn't even touched. Like my back was not rebroken, just my brain, but like I was doing what I loved and I chose to do it. So I think that's why I feel like I don't have survivor's guilt. Cause I'm like, I made the choice to do something dangerous and fully took responsibility versus I feel horrible for the people that get in a car wreck and didn't ask for it and like lose their life or get a really mm. bad mm. brain injury. It's interesting because you're, so you're putting like um, volition in here. Like, because I was doing what I love, I somehow like, like it, it didn't, it wasn't like just happened to me. You're thinking like, because you were out there doing motocross, doing what you love, that it was like, oh, like, oh, and then it happened. I wasn't a victim to my circumstances. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I chose to do it. So I'm like, it's part of the game, the risk of doing what I did. And I knew the risk. Mm-hmm. Did I ever mm-hmm. think it was going to happen? No, but mm-hmm. it happened. But I think it makes me not it makes me probably have some guilt with other people. Cause I'm like, they didn't ask to get hit by a car or a drunk driver or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And while motocross is dangerous, risky, whatever, 
you also did not ask for this. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Okay. okay. I didn't ask to get ran over because the person behind me ran over me. So then I'm like, yeah. right. it gives all kinds of stuff in my mind where I'm like, why? Like, was there the track not watching? Like, I don't know. Right. There's so many whys, but yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't love why I like what, you know, why is like, there's, I get nowhere in the why is yeah. just circular. What happened, what I can do about it, uh, where I am now, where I've come from. Those are all places that feel like powerful to go to. And that's kind of what my purpose is now. I'm like, my purpose is to make sure anybody riding a motorcycle has a really good helmet. Mm -hmm. And the, my friend that was there the day I got her after my accident, I raced with her. She went and bought a helmet that was like $400 with, or no, $600 yeah. with MIPS in it mm -hmm. because that's what I had. And then she got in a wreck a week later at the track and got mm -hmm. a really bad concussion. And she's like, thank God I went and bought that yep. because she had a bad concussion. Yep. And with a normal helmet, might be worse. Like yep. I'd be yep. dead if I had a normal helmet. Yep. That's a heavy, that's heavy. I'd be dead if I had a normal helmet. I, th I think I would be. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I mean, MIPS is pretty well known. It's expensive, but, and it's, I think, researched and stuff. But I just felt if I had a regular helmet, I wouldn't be here. Cause I've knocked myself out plenty of times with the regular helmet. Yeah. What helmet do you, is, is that the company's name or what would you suggest for people who are like they're they're they are, or their kids are, or their parents are doing motocross? MIPS is multi like directional impact support. And it's okay. in some helmets. I had a Fox racing one. Mm -hmm. And then in Oregon, there's six D six D's and dog helmets mm -hmm. and it has their own kind of technology like that. Okay. But MIPS is from like Sweden, I think, and heavily researched stuff. Okay. It's expensive, Good. but it's the best investment ever. If you're going to buy yeah. an expensive bike, bike, buy an expensive right. bike. Mm -hmm. Why am I not going to buy an expensive helmet to protect your very expensive mm -hmm. brain? <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. many people do not buy a good helmet. They're yeah. like, oh, I'm going to buy my $5,000 bike, but who cares about your brain? Well, your yep. brain does everything. So, right. right. We think we're invincible. There is an element of it will never happen to me. I agree. I yeah. don't think I thought that way, luckily, because I had broke my back, but <laughs> people I ride with, for sure, it's invincible. Like, super invincible never gonna happen to me and then after i got home then we went out to the dunes and rode in our side by side and i was like oh i'm gonna be so good and i wore, my, wore a helmet <laughs> and i was so <laughs> proud of myself yeah. and my friend my friend that's the neuropsychologist was like jesse what the f are you doing she's like do you realize your brain is like moving moving around in your skull mm -hmm. and you're like rigid school she's like no not okay especially this early like no i was like oh i didn't think about that and then yeah. my therapist showed me what a school looks like inside and i was like oh like yeah no not a good no. idea yep yep and that's the relearning it, or it's like the rebooting of your life post brain injury is like oh i didn't realize that that's like this new life means i'm not going to be doing that or not doing that so soon yeah you have mm. to think about more than just a helmet, like. Yeah, yeah. 
Yes. It's hard. <laughs> Jesse, where can people, if they are like, want to like your blog, where else? Because I know you do education in Oregon. People that have questions or want to know more or want to just be like, wow, like, thank you for your story and what you're doing. Where do you want people to contact you? I have my blog and then my email is just the same, jessiemunch826 at gmail.com. Cool. And then I Perfect. have my Instagram, which mm-hmm. I think is jessiemunch82617 mm-hmm. because I deleted the first one on accident, brain injury. <laughs> You should not be allowed to do stuff with a brain injury. I deleted my Instagram I had forever. And I did not mean to. And I deleted it forever. Because I guess there's a button you can push to delete it forever. And I deleted it forever. And I thought I deleted my Facebook and found out a year later I still had it. It's finally deleted. I got all my pictures off of it, though. So I'm like, yeah, I got my pictures. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I hear you. I'm like, they shouldn't allow people with brain injuries you. to shop, to <laughs> do all this stuff. Because it's like Christmas at my house every day because of Amazon. Yeah, you're like, look at all these drive. great things. Yeah, you're like, yeah, look at these great things. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's horrible. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take some time to think about... And maybe even just doing your own research on survivor's guilt, what it looks like and feels like, and see if it fits. If okay. we, if it does, then we get some clarity on, ah, this is part of what drives me to stay in action. And if we know what it is, then we're more able to actually do something about it. If we don't know or we're incorrect, then we're kind of chasing our tails. And maybe it's just that, we have to keep reminding ourselves, hey, this pace is not sustainable. This pace is not sustainable, even if I felt good today. So the importance of the catalyst, whether that is survivor's guilt or just retraining your brain post-brain injury or just hope, maybe it's just hope. Like, I just want to be able to do all these things, damn it. And so I keep doing all these things because I want to do them. So it doesn't always have to be pathology. Sometimes it's just because, because you want to. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to look into it because I've always like seen other people post about it. But I'm like, oh, I don't have survivor's guilt. But maybe like you're saying, that is why I do what I do. I mean, I was back to Orange Theory like in December and I got hurt in May because I can't. Right. And it wore me out to where I ended up quitting it because I was like, no, I can't do hour long workouts anymore. Like it wiped yep. me out. But yep. the whole reason I went back is because like I'm here and I can. I'm going to do it. And yes. So it wiped me out. <laughs> your reframe on that so because i can because i am still here i'm going to rest and take care of myself so i can be here for the long haul in the best way possible so because i can i can pace myself because i can i'm going to do one thing today because i can i'm giving myself the day off i'm still here Mm -hmm. i need to write that down and put it up Mm -hmm. on my mirror because Mm -hmm. When I get so overdone, it affects my son. It affects my husband. Yeah, and like yeah. when I get really bad, then there's been times where I've been like, I wish I would have just died on that day because I get mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so mad. Yeah. And I've yeah, said that in you. front of my kid. Yeah, like and I, I say it in front of my kid, that's horrible to say in front of your child, but it just comes out, and I'm like, 
I need to reframe it to like how you said it again. Yeah. Can you say yeah. it one more time so I can write yeah. it down? Yep. So because I can, I can rest. I can pause. I can give myself the day off. We're wanting you to be here for a long time, Jesse, in the best way possible. And so because you are so crucial to your family, to your son, to your husband, to your friends, <laughs> we want you to do what you can. And you're the only one who can do this for yourself, which is to pace yourself so that you can be here well. Okay. I yeah. like that. Yeah. I haven't That's heard of it like that. That helps me not then feel like a failure because I'm a That's big, right. like, mm -hmm. I got to do all these things because I can. And should I? I don't know. Right. right. That's, that is, um, I think a lot of people listening are going to identify with that. There is a lot of that hustle, achieve. And so it might be, I can't wait to hear what you do with your Enneagram assessment, how that comes through. Because there's, there's an element of if I stop, then I'm bad and I'm, or I'm lazy or I'm a failure. And those words all in that achieving space where when we really realize that we are in a place of I can, then there's, we are actually in freedom rather than I have to. And that's what we're trying to shift out of is because I can doesn't mean I have to go, go, go. Because I can means I don't have to and I get to choose. Yeah, I'm excited about the Enneagram thing because I'm like, I think I'm a seven, but I'm excited <laughs> to see what she says. And then I'm going to do like the, there, she has like a six week class of yes. doing that. Because you introduced yeah. me to the Enneagram yeah. and I'm yeah. like, that just, now I'm like, I want to know more. Because <laughs> It's so fascinating. It says I'm impulsive. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm also impulsive, but that's yeah. <laughs> exactly. But maybe it's not just like a yeah, seven yeah. thing. But. Right. And that's what's so fun about the Enneagram is like, is this Enneagram related? Is this nature nurture? Is this like high side, low side? What is the yeah, so we'll Yeah, it was your podcast with Erin that I was mm -hmm. like, Oh, I'm like so then I reached out to her about Good. having her do it and then I'm gonna do the six week cool. thing. So I'm that's like so oh. fun. I'm like that's very interesting that you thought you were something that you oh, sure. you were. Mm -hmm. I'm like oh. yeah, it was honestly it was heartbreaking to realize I wasn't because I've been living out of this construct, and so that's like the mistyping is so frequent, and to have an actual enneagram trainer professional type somebody is where you will get the actual results, not just the twelve, not even the twelve dollar um, quiz, because even that you know, becomes like, that's what I had done. And I had been mistyped the whole time. So anyway. And then um, I always wonder, I'm like, is it legit? Cause you had me do the test mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. after brain injury. So is yes. that how I was before? Like there's just right. Confusion. Right. And we'll test for now. And you'll talk to Aaron about that too, but it's like, it's for now. Right. Yeah. Jesse, thank you. Thank you for your, for your story. You're so, you're so rad. This is like, when you walk in the door to weekends too, even in our correspondence beforehand, it was like, oh, this woman is like, she's brave. I brave. love weekends. Are you still having them? You know, we're going to do one this year. We were supposed to take it on the road and then COVID okay. and you know, hey, we got to roll with that. So I'm trying to do one in Malibu in September and then the wild women in Bali in October. So I am okay. just fingers crossed. May the Lord open. You're still <laughs> the doing skyways. The, you're still doing the yeah. Bali one. 
so far until we hear otherwise green light is it on your website it is it is my website you can see i remember looking at it before but now i'll have to ask my husband again because it's my 40th birthday this year and i want i love weekends so i'm like that That was so fun that was so i was just talking to somebody from weekends before our call so oh i love it oh it's so good isn't that incredible those are my yeah. favorite things when I watch people and the way that they get to connect and like, ha- yeah, it's, that's so, that's so rad. Thank you for letting me know that. Yeah. I, it's nice to still connect with people and mm-hmm. you know, their story and then be mm-hmm. supportive afterwards too. Yep. Ditto. That's yeah. That's my favorite part is being like, and that's where I'm like, what I'm kind of loving is being to like match make with people. I'm like, Oh, you would really like her. And like, she's really awesome. And like, this would be a really great friendship. And <laughs> so it's like, but yeah, we need to have a weekend's reunion. I think that's what we need to do too, is at some point <laughs> just do like a big old, everyone has come do something all together so people can kind of be in process. It'd be so fun. Yeah. Love it. It's an exciting experience. So I hope more people do it because me too. It was life-changing for me and I didn't feel like I needed it. I was like, I don't have enough to go to a weekend. And I (laughs) felt like what I had was so little compared Mm. to everybody else, but yet Mm. it wasn't. We all could learn from each other and understand. They just all had different stories. Yeah, isn't that the truth, right? And sometimes we do feel- Everybody could relate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesse. Okay. It's great. And that's why I love podcasts because somebody if one person hears your story that that's right can get something from that's it right. then it's worth it that's right jesse that's why we keep showing up <laughs> to these spaces you know over again to say hey you're not alone um i've been through hard things you've been through hard things we're still here and th- that's that's the biggest best brightest message that we could share it is so good okay you i'll be in touch i'd love to just i'll connect with you and would love to just kind of continue to stay in motion Okay, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Oh my gosh, Jesse, of course. (laughs) Okay, girl, I will talk to you soon. All right, bye. Bye, you. Okay, so can you kind of see like why it was so special to have Jesse today? Like to listen to Jesse go through where she has been where she is now i'm like i feel so inspired and i I, but i also felt like the transference of oh because i can so jesse's story parallels my own story in multiple ways and that's something that we can unpack for a little bit as well but jesse had a very clear distinction between her before and then her after um my brother also had a traumatic brain injury that he did not survive and that was a my one of my clear befores and afters. And I very much instinctually relate to the TBI community and what it the numbing and the not knowing and the disorienting and the long recovering if you get to recover. Um, and then I carried my own survival survivor's guilt after my brother, the feeling of just like what do I do with this life? It took me years to wake up after my brother died. Years, 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 years to realize that I'm still here. And with that, then to be fully alive and to do my best to honor, to honor him and to honor, you know, the legacy that I want to create for my family and to be alive because I am. And if I'm here, I want to be all the way here. 
the other part of Jesse's story that like I, in a way I'm so thankful for this reminder. Um, I have a paralyzing condition called transverse myelitis. Um, and when I was in the hospital, I had lived also in a rehabilitation unit, similar to Jesse's. It's a uh, stroke unit and learning how to walk again. And that is like grandiose statement. I'm like, I wasn't learning how to walk. I was like learning how to wiggle my toe. It was not glorious. It was fucking painful. Um, and I would spend a half an hour in this rehab chair trying to get my brain to move my toe. And then I would be so wiped out. I have a migraine. I have to go back and sleep in my room. And I did nothing. I didn't even move. I literally did not even move. Like I did, nothing even happened. It was just exhaustion. And the brain, you guys, like the brain. So hearing Jessie's work, the amount of work that she does just to be, just kind of flooded me again of all those memories of living in that unit and trying to just trying to not die of exhaustion. Um, yeah, man, I am I am sitting in some awareness and some gratitude right now that it is different than how it used to be. Um, some things I want to reflect on together with you. One of them was the, the survivor's guilt and trying it on. So anytime that we are curious about if we have something or if that applies to us. So this could be something like, is it survivor's guilt? Am I depressed? Um, you know, whatever, whatever the question we're asking, we try it on. And I literally mean like, think about like, if you're going to go into a dressing room and you're going to try something on for size and you're going to put it on and be like, Oh, ugh, I do not like the way this looks on me. This does not fit. And you know, because you've put it on and the only way to know is to put it on. And so if we play with the definition of, okay, like, do I have survivor's guilt? I'm going to research it. I'm going to read about it. I'm going to read um, stories of survivor's guilt. And I'm going to find out, like, does that fit for me? And you'll know it in your bones, your body, your brain, whatever, your spirit, wherever you hold those, those things. And you're going to say, oh, like, yeah, like, I didn't know it, but that is it. I had this experience with postpartum depression, actually, where I literally couldn't see it until I read the definition. And I was like, oh my gosh, I couldn't even see it because I was in so deep. So you can try things on for yourself. Like, is this my experience? I'm going to try it on and see what it's like. And then you're going to know like, no, that's definitely not what I have. That's definitely not what I'm experiencing. And so we try things on. Um, the other things I was blown away by the amount of strategies that Jesse has. I'm like, you might be one of the most well-resourced, um, totally equipped people to actually live life. The amount of resources and effort though, did you hear that? I'm like, wow, like your gratitude list, the things you're posting, the way you're pacing your life, the way you're time blocking, the way you're using your calendar, the way you're communicating, the way that you're like committed to like this rhythm and routine. I'm like, that's all health. And these are yes strategies for functioning. But I'm like, man, if, if we took a fraction of what Jesse is doing, that it would be a beautiful way for us to move in the world with intention. She's doing so many things with intention. Um, the purpose in it all. Did you guys hear that? How can I make my life not suck? That was such a great line. I was like, oh my gosh, Jess, you're the best. How can I make my life not suck? Like what a straightforward, simple approach to like not being a victim to your experiences. How can I make my life not suck? I don't need to add anything other uh, to that other than just reminding you of it. How can you make your life not suck? Um, 
last things, the, the, I'm going to talk about ableism for a little bit. Um, we live in a culture and society that values mobility and ability. And so we can overlook the people within our community that do not have the same physical ability. And I think that that would be something that would be appropriate and healthy for us as a community to reflect on. Um, the, gosh, I, uh, I'll share a brief story. When I was in a wheelchair during this time of being paralyzed, there were, I came across a family and the kids were all staring, obviously. And the mom said, like, kids, like, don't look. And I, I was so struck by that. I felt an immense amount of shame that like, oh my gosh, she said, like, don't look at me. Like, and like, I am aware that like, this was a stint of my life. I'm not currently in a wheelchair. Like this is, I, I'm an able-bodied human being. So I do not want to take away from the community that lives in wheelchairs permanently or is does not have the same able body that I do. I want to be clear on that. The one experience I had made me feel like it would be better if, if I was invisible and if they couldn't see me. And it taught me a lot about what we say to our children and to remember that, hey, people can hear you. Um, so I looked back at that mom and the kids and I was like, hey, it's totally okay to look. I am curious about wheelchairs too. And, um, and I just talked to them and it, I can tell the mom was embarrassed and that wasn't like the point, but like the point was to be like, hey, just because someone's in a wheelchair doesn't mean that they're deaf and unable to hear you, lady. Like the words that we are taught, like, oh, don't look, don't stare, don't whatever. is like, that's hurtful. Like, see me see me. This is, I'm here. I'm a person. See me. I'm, I'm here. And this is who I am and how I'm showing up in this world. See me. Don't look away. See me. So a word to us, um, when we come across an other, we can see each other. We can see each other in our beauty and in our glory and in all the different ways that we are able. And if we can see that, I think that we will begin to stop othering each other. I think we'll begin to see the unique ways in which we are similar and connected and alike and, and here, right? Here. So positive eye contact and a little smile goes a long way. Um, I'd love to know what you guys thought about this episode. We have our trailer cast community. Um, and some of the things that Jesse was referencing, I can give you a little bit of like backstory not real quick. Um, she mentioned the Enneagram testing. That is through the group that I founded, Radical Wellness. Um, you can find us at www.radicalwellness.co. There are a group of supremely gifted women, and we provide modern holistic wellness services wherever you are. So we have been in the online space since before COVID. This is where we do our work. So wherever you are, you can have access to people that are equipped to help you 
And if you heard Jesse, she said like even as she was approaching weekends, which are the private retreats that I host, she said like I just didn't feel like I really needed it, and I only had a little bit, right? And we can do that to our own story, reduce it until it's nothing. And so I would just encourage you that when and as you listen to this podcast and you hear other people's stories, that you would know that your story counts and that it is worth the time to investigate your own life, like. Where have you been and, and what's made you you and what things are like helping you and what things aren't helping you anymore and what messages did you receive that like you that still echo in your brain and keep you from living bigger or being in the relationships you should be in or having the job you should have or being the mom you want to be so we are restricted by the messages and things that we remember because we haven't learned anything different from there so we live out of the old learning and it is, as Jessie is doing in every day of her life, is relearning, rebooting. And that is exactly the type of work that we do at weekends is what's true for me now? What strategy do I need now? Because this is me now. So for whatever it's worth, know that sometimes we need a total reset and a reboot and a way to be able to um, check out how we want to be in this world on purpose because we can and you can. Okay, friends, I'll see you in the trailer cast community. Much love to you. Um, let's do it. <laughs> Have a good week. Thank you for listening to TrailerCast with Elise Snipes. Visit TrailerCast.com to listen to all of our recorded episodes, sign up for Patreon to offer support for the show, and get access to group sessions, extra bonus episodes and content, and our private Instagram account, where we continue to grow the TrailerCast community. Follow Elise on Instagram at EliseSnipes underscore collective, and learn more about her work at EliseSnipes.com. Lastly, we'd love for you to take a moment and review the show on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend. Cheers, and see you next time. Cheers.